Welcome to the PT Marketing Power Hour, highlighting successful marketing strategies from North America's fastest growing clinics so you can learn from their wins and power your practice growth. We have another great episode today, so don't forget to hit subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's your host, physical therapist, marketing expert, and CEO of Practice Promotions, Neil Trickett. Hello, and welcome to the PT Marketing Power Hour, highlighting successful marketing strategies from North America's fastest growing clinics so you can learn from their wins and power your practice growth. I'm your host, Neil Trickett, CEO of Practice Promotions, and today's focus is on how to market your pediatric or occupational therapy clinic. And we're really uh, happy to bring on here Kristen Massey here. She is a uh, owner and director of uh, Skills on the Hill, a pediatric therapy practice uh, in the Washington, D.C. area in our nation's capital. So welcome, Kristen. Great to have you here. Thanks. Hi, Neil. Awesome. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're really looking forward to uh, learning more about, you know, your particular niche and how you help so many, uh, you know, younger folks, right, and their families. So um, can you tell us a little bit about your story, right, and how you got started? Sure, sure. Um so as you said, I'm, I'm an occupational therapist. Um, like many OTs, started off thinking I wanted to go into, into PT. Um, and, you know, along the way, getting more experience in shadowing, uh, figuring out what I didn't want to do, that kind of led me to OT. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I, I always thought I would go into working with adults when I was in grad school. And when I got out of school in 1999, 23 years ago, there were no jobs with adults and uh, all my job leads were pediatric. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a sister who ha- who's disabled. And the funny thing is, when I got my first job, my mom said, you know, it will never work. You have no patience for your sister. I cannot see you working with children. But here I am, 23 years later, I would not have it any other way. Um, Pediatrics is my passion. Um, It's amazing to be able to have the chance to, you know, disguise all the therapy as play. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, parents do bring kind of an extra layer to the ballgame, but um, it's great. It's, it's, it, pediatrics is my jam. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And so many, uh, so many transformational stories for these oh, children, yeah. right? And their families and, and opportunities for them to overcome obstacles and reach new milestones. And I love, it. I, I did have uh, some fortune myself just to uh, work in, in some pediatric internships. And we obviously in our outpatient clinic, we had some babies and that, that we treated and, and, mm-hmm. you know, kids along the way. So that was always fun. That's a fun part of the day, right? When you can play around. And uh, like you said, disguise your yeah. therapy as play. So it's a lot of yeah. Fun. It's funny because when we do get observers, you know, parents, other professionals, they say, you know, it really looks just like you're playing. <laughs> That's that is the key to success. Yeah. You want to disguise it as play, so then you really just have to kind of, you know, articulate to them why it's therapeutic. But mm-hmm. yep, it's definitely it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And so how long have you been at your, uh, had your practice now? Um, about 19 years. I, uh, I started it pretty early. Um, my first job in the DC area was through a private practice that subcontracted to a school for kids with learning disabilities. And I stayed there a few years. And, um, at that point, I I still was thinking pediatrics was for me, but I did do a very brief stint in adult home health, uh, which really just kind of confirmed that pediatrics was for me. Um, But I, early on, I had to kind of piece together three different jobs to make a full-time position. At that point, I was working as an independent contractor and I met some people um, in these different jobs that kind of were key to me going off on my own. 
And I started really small um, out of the basement of my home, which was in the Capitol Hill area of Washington, D.C., literally blocks from the Capitol and um, kind of did like a needs assessment. You know, where where are the private practices that that these families are, are trekking to after school? And I figured out parents were in the car for a long time going to the other side of D.C. or even crossing the bridge to Virginia. There's definitely a need. Um, and it just, it kind of took off. And it was at that time, I had actually just had my first daughter. That was like my good excuse to leave, right? It's always easier for people um, to accept, you know, you resigning when you're moving or maybe having a baby or whatever. So that was kind of my launching point and um, started small out of the basement of my home. It had like a English basement with a separate entrance and my family room functioned as the waiting room and parents could hear everything I was doing. Um, and then neighbors started to, to figure out like kids, other families that had children that were my neighbors started to figure out there's something going on in her basement. What is happening? <laughs> and like, they could see me dropping kids off at their cars. And I just thought like, I, I can't do this. This is just not professional. I need to have the real deal, an office. Um, it, it's time. Mm -hmm. So Taking that leap that's kind of, right? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it started. And my, my husband came up with the name skills on the Hill. Nice. You know, skills, teaching skills on Capitol Hill. Um, yeah. So that was it in, um, let's see, 2002. And here we are 2022. And, and tell us a little bit about now, like where are you at now? So now, um, we do have two physical outpatient clinics. Mm -hmm. One is still in Capitol Hill in Washington, DC. We've moved three times. We have an amazing office. Um, great space, tons of equipment. Um, it's just, it, it's significantly fancier than it was many years ago. So that's great. And then our other office is right across the bridge in Arlington, Virginia, literally like 12 minutes. So they're, they're pretty close. Um, that one's right near the Pentagon. And um, that one kind of has a different vibe. It's a little more like office building feeling. Um, and it's actually become a bigger office. Um, the DC office was always like our main hub and was bigger as far as like square feet. But now it's really, it's really been the Arlington, Virginia office is, you know, size wise bigger. Um, in addition to the outpatient settings, we also subcontract to like uh, over 25 charter schools in the DC area. So we do also do school-based therapy mm -hmm. up until recently. We've also done early intervention. So birth to three services in the district, which is really challenging when you've got therapists driving around in the city and, you know, negotiating traffic and that sort of thing. So we're, we're moving away from that. Um, but it, it's neat and it, it kind of sets us apart from other practices because there are not many in the U.S. that do the outpatient school and early intervention. Um, and it's, it's been really fun and like empowering to witness the growth in my team, um, you know, how they can think outside the box and really appreciate how kids have to function in all these different settings. Like, you know, I say, you know, put on your school hat right now. You're at a meeting, you have to be wearing your school hat. You're not you're not the outpatient clinician, but you can appreciate that that child might need that. So it's really kind of strengthened their clinical reasoning and their appreciation for, you know, the natural environment mm -hmm. or environments that kids are in. Yeah. Um, and then about, let's see, almost three years ago, we added physical therapy. It seemed like a logical step or direction to go in. I really never thought we would do it. Um, you know, just me being an OT by my training. Um, but it was the easiest discipline to add. And then not 
I'm not kidding. March 9th, 2020, you know, a week before COVID exploded, we added speech therapy. Um, So we've continued to grow both of those disciplines or service areas within the practice. It's definitely been hard um, in the face of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what families really want. They want one-stop shopping. They want collaborative model. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's worked out really well. Yeah. Congratulations on all your success. They've obviously worked super hard uh, to get where you are today and just to see your, your success from being in your own basement all the way to two large locations, right? With 40 staff, it's, it's really a big accomplishment, right? And obviously different hurdles along the way as a business owner and as a therapist, um, you know, a lot of those are similar across, uh, the whole spectrum right here of, of therapy. Um, and especially for being a practice owner, we all kind of go through the same levels of challenges, right. As business owners too. Uh, but that's amazing to be able to provide those services. And what I think you had a great takeaway there, which is you didn't think that you would ever incorporate another discipline, right. Into your services. right? Right. But you took that leap, right. You saw that there could be a need there and, and I think you were really looking at it from the customer viewpoint, right? And, and it's something that we definitely see here at Practice Promotions that our clients that are multidisciplined, right? That do bring in other things, even if, you know, if they're not pediatric, if they bring in, let's say, uh, acupuncture, massage, or you know, whatever they may bring into their practice, people do go more for their clinics that have lots of different things to offer, right? And especially from a pediatric clinic, right? if they, if, uh, because the children often have multiple needs, right. Uh, of therapy. And so they don't want to have to come for one thing and then have to go to another place for another thing. So yeah, you, you, re- you saw that, right. And you took that initiative and, yep. and realized like, Hey, there's, there's a great opportunity here to pro- provide more to the customer, uh, which even, also benefit the practice. Yeah. Even, um, within like the therapy disciplines also looking at, um, how can we offer different services that are unique and make us stand out or, you know, services that other practices are not offering mm-hmm. um, because that makes you, you know, more sought after. So some other examples of that are um, we to kind of compensate for losing all the school services in the summer. We have really strong summer programming um, and, you know, I would say half of it is to be able to pay, you know, to do payroll (laughs) for those (laughs) therapists. But the other half is the kids that we work with can't go to, to, you know, your regular typical summer camps. So we've been doing that for years. Um, Another thing is feeding therapy. We have occupational and speech therapists doing feeding therapy, and that's um, a specialty area that some other therapists that other practices don't have. Um, and then the two newer additions are, um, aquatic therapy, Excellent. aquatic therapy and adaptive swim. We have some just swim instructors with special training doing that, but the aquatic therapy, I mean, it is almost impossible to find that. Um, that's been real tough during COVID to find, um, spaces where we could rent mm-hmm. pools Um, and then, but, but we've kept it afloat and we definitely have plans to keep growing that area. And then the last is assistive and augmentative communication, um, AAC. So within speech, there's a lot of kids that are nonverbal and they need a way to communicate. So, um, we've really tried to kind of build that area of our practice and provide a lot of training for speech therapists so we can attract those, those prospective mm-hmm. patients too. Awesome. Fantastic. And I think, again, you, you just kind of shown that uh, looking at what are the needs of the, the customer, right? Yes. And then how can you dial that in within the disciplines that you have? That's really smart, right? Um, so for, for all the different clients out there that have outpatient clinics, you know, you, you you see these different needs come in and what can you build around yeah. those models, right. That people will go for. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, do you do any kind of like, do you see any, any need or any kind of uh, 
questions from uh, parents, like in terms of any kind of holistic treatments or, or things like that? Kind of curious. Um, it's, it's interesting that you bring it up. Um, I actually have a dream of kind of shifting our reputation within the DC community as being seen as, as more of a wellness provider mm-hmm. to children and families, because when you look at the training of occupational physical and speech therapists, it's not just about working with patients that have issues. First and foremost, our training is in development. You know, what, what is typical or normal function? How can we get these individuals with deficits to be as efficient um, and as independent as possible in their, their daily occupations or, you know, whatever they have to be able to do in life. So um, thinking more about that training that we just kind of have by default, um, we capitalized on it during COVID when a lot of schools were shutting down and parents were just kind of at their wits end and didn't know what to do with their kids, especially kids that are, were around three, four and five. So we developed some, we called it like early learning boosters programs, these group programs, because, you know, the first thing that people said they were, they were seeing um, their kids struggle with was that social development. So we've done that. And I just, I have this dream of developing more programs for children and families in the area. You know, there's, there's no instruction manual to being a parent. And a lot of parents might have um, challenges, you know, when exposing or, you know, figuring out how to kind of expose their kids to activities in daily life that are going to like naturally um, progress their developmental milestones. Yeah. So giving parents the tools, um, to, to understanding that they, they can do these things at home really easily, Mm -hmm. um, without signing them up for a class, you know, messy play, how to, how to, how to get your kid talking early just by like talking to them in the car and, you know, just ideas like that. Like some parents really do struggle with, with that, knowing what to do, how to introduce, yeah, yeah, how to introduce solids and, and, and empower them to feel like they're not messing it up. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not a right way or a wrong way, but kind of, you know, educating them and empowering them to try and get Mm -hmm. down on the floor with their kids and and play. Yeah. This is kind of a great segue here uh, into, you know, we're talking about parents too. And, and so, um, whether you have a full on pediatric practice and you're helping orthopedic neurological developmental, uh, you know, needs there, or, you know, you, you have an outpatient, you know, clinic and you're just treating uh, orthopedic, uh, you know, children, children's needs there. There's a little bit of a nuance. There's a different type of marketing approach that you have to do here. And so could you tell us a little bit about some of the unique things that you see in marketing, uh, a pediatric clinic? It is 50, 50% about the child and 50% about the parent. Like you really need to treat the parent like they, they are the customer. And it's all about kind of getting in their mind and um, thinking about what you would be looking for in a mm-hmm. pediatric practice. Um, one thing that I, I learned and I've come to appreciate by working with Practice Promotions, your company, is um, when we were rebuilding our website, website with you all, um, the, the team was talking to me about like conditions and diagnoses. And when a parent first gets a diagnosis or first gets an evaluation, you know, they don't they don't know all this clinical jargon. They don't know the fancy terms. They don't know what occupational therapy is. Usually they know what, what physical and speech therapy are. You know, they want their child to talk or walk. OT is usually the hardest, the hardest one to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just start 
Googling like crazy and they're, they're Googling the name of the diagnosis or different skill areas that the child might be struggling with. And, um, you have to market to that, like kind of get out of your therapist mode and think about what you would be looking for as the parent. Just forget the clinical jargon. The other thing is, um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought, the conditions, the diagnoses. Oh, and just realizing like you have to be compassionate. A lot of these families are feeling guilty. The parents are feeling guilty. What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Or they're, they're going kind of through like a mourning process. Right. Um, especially if it's, you know, a, 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 di- a, a medical diagnosis that's mm-hmm. gonna, you know, open their eyes to this, this future that their child's going to have with going to weekly therapy or maybe being in a different kind of school setting and requiring a lot of support. Um, there's definitely that morning, the guilt, the anxiety, and you've got to be sensitive to the parent. Um, listen, um, validate, validate their concerns, validate how hard it is. And if they feel that you're listening and they feel safe, I think that's going to really set the foundation for them trusting you, listening to you and taking the leap and wanting to go with your practice as opposed to other practices. Yeah, absolutely. So wonderful way of really viewing that, right? And that's that's the secret sauce to any marketing, right? If you can get in your customer's head, right? Yep. If you can if you can talk to them what they're actually thinking in their head, that's the secret sauce, right? So you, you with pediatric, you're you're not only are you helping the child, but as you mentioned, like the parents are the ones that are really making the decisions. And um, that's really a great understanding to, to think about the, as I, you know, I'm a parent of three kids. So, you know, I, I can imagine that you, you want the best for your children, right. And you get, you know, you, you don't have any medical background or training and then all of a sudden some, something's not going right. Or you have, you're having to be in this medical world. Right. right? And lots of, um, you know, things coming at you there and, and really where's one of the, you know, you're trying to lean on your, your doctors, right. For your pediatricians for information, but they often don't have much time to explain things to you. Right. And so where do we go? We go online, right. We start searching, we start typing, we start looking for help information, anything we can get our hands on. And uh, that is your opportunity, right. To connect with that potential person in that, in that family. Right. And, uh, and, and if you can, in your, in your marketing, right. So what's on your websites, uh, what's in your blogs, right. What are the emails that you have that go out? If you can just even speak to what that parent might be going through, like, Hey, you know, we meet parents all the time that are frustrated, they're angry, or they, they feel guilty. You know, like you say these things in your, some of your verbiage, right? Uh, you're not alone, basically, right? There's help, there's solutions. And that's what we do here. We're going to help your, your child have a brighter future. Yeah. You know, so you can definitely speak to those needs, right? And the thoughts that are going on with your marketing there. Another reason the parents are so, so, so important is if they are satisfied, if they value your services, they are free marketing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, their stories are, are enough for another parent to hear, you know, their success story. Um, and it's real important to go slow, uh, as clinicians, you know, we see all these, these glaring deficits in that initial evaluation, but you got to go slow and, you have to really think about the goals of the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, the goals might not be realistic, might not be achievable within, you know, six month time frame or a year. There mm-hmm. might be, you know, a child 
that has autism, you know, something that's going to be a lifelong condition to deal with. But if you go slow and really make sure that the parents' goals are being addressed, that, that is key. Um, Mm -hmm. it, sometimes their goals are really just their goals because they don't know any better. And, um, you can educate them along the way in a creative way, you know, Mm -hmm. gentle, creative way, um, to get them to come around. But if you are too firm to, too um, harsh in the beginning, that could be a recipe for not disaster, but just, you know, yeah, kind of tarnishing that. I think you're, you're speaking to a very, very important point that applies to every business and, and every clinic, right? Whether you're an outpatient clinic, a pediatric clinic, whatever. And it, the, I would say from my observation that the number one reason people don't continue on with therapy, and we all know that patient dropout is a huge problem, right? It's a huge problem. There's a lot of financial things going on in the world today. People have to pay for therapy. Their insurance barely covers therapy, whatever the reasons, right? There's a lot of reasons that people say, hey, you know what? I, I don't need to fully come for my therapy, right? And the number one thing is the mismatched goals, right? If, if, the, if the patient does not, has their own idea of what they should be able to achieve and, and the time frame for that, and you as a therapist have a very different one and that's not communicated well or, or the understanding is gained from that, that's when you're going to have more patient drop-offs, right? Yeah. Um, and so in, in your world, right, in the pediatric world, it's a longer cycle of working with the patients and, and you build a, you have it, you know, you told me before, you like, you build a huge relationship with these families, right? And there's a lot of trust that is built there, but I can definitely see where parents might have goals for their child that are not really attainable. Right. And we have to kind of modify those goals and that I can imagine that can be a difficult conversation sometimes. Yeah. And that, that trust and value on the front end, that's the ticket to attendance. That's the ticket to decreasing cancellations. Mm -hmm. You know, if they value what you're doing for their child, they trust you and respect you just not going to be an attendance issue. Yeah, absolutely. So. Fantastic advice. So tell me a little bit about how, how some of the marketing things or marketing ideas to parents and caregivers that you've done and kind of what's worked for you. Um, definitely um, doing like not, I can do this more than a lot of the therapists on my team can, but not being so concerned with like nickel and diming, like doing things for free that, you know, are going to help more parents, help more teachers, educate people more about what you do. And in the end, like advocate for your profession, that's going to go a long way. Um, It's only going to help build your reputation. Um, The name of your practice can become more of a household name. Um, So we, we really tried to take advantage of a lot of that during COVID very okay. quickly. Yep. Webinars, um, guest speakers, um, topics that we knew not only would benefit parents of kids that, you know, are in therapy, but all parents. Mm-hmm. So kind of more of that, that wellness angle that you and I were talking about earlier. I imagine there's a lot of uh, groups, right? The support groups and things like that, that parents or networks, right? That people, uh, yes. people get involved with, right? So that could be a tremendous resource right there if, if it's done right, right? And yeah. opportunities to speak. Um, I actually, This is a great thing that I have done and a lot of people are not doing it. I've also shared it with other um, PT outpatient practice owners, on Facebook, there are groups for everything under the sun. Um, there are groups for therapists. There are groups, you know, there's groups for different geographical areas for parents. Um, there's groups for, you know, parents who have children with 
cerebral palsy or Down syndrome or autism or whatever. And some of these Facebook groups, for example, do have um, rules for becoming a member and you cannot go on there and advertise or pub, you know, do any publicity. However, um, there's a parent group in my neighborhood that I'm on and you better believe they are asking where to go to for OTPT or speech. Um, and as soon as I see someone ask a question or comment, I am pouncing on it. That right there opens the door for me to um, plug my company. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm a, you know, I, I'm a group member too. I live right near you. My kid goes to your school. By the way, I own Skills on the Hill and we provide blah, 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 blah. You know, we'd be happy to talk to you about your child and call, call this phone number. We're happy to screen your, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's been amazing. I've gotten yeah. a ton of, of new patients that way. Good organic networking there. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so it's definitely finding those. Facebook's a wonderful tool for that, right? Getting in those groups. And yeah, um, like I said, it's, there's a lot of networking going on. A lot of, again, yeah. people are looking for for advice, for for where to go, what things to do. So you, it, like you said, if you're not, you don't want to be selling yourself, right? You just want to be right. giving advice and, and yeah. tips and ideas, right? We also did this um, in a different way during the pandemic. Very, very quickly, we called, um, we had this campaign called Six Ways to Play. Mm-hmm. And we would take household objects. I mean, it could like be a banana. It could be a paper bag, whatever. And we gave parents six suggestions for how they could play with that object. And I, um, that was kind of, related to all these different groups I joined because I could post this idea for six ways to play mm-hmm. and kind of indirectly promote my company, you know? So it, it wasn't like shady. It was ideas, free, free ideas, free advice. Yeah. Just go viral. And we, I think within about six months, we got our followers on Facebook from like, I don't know, 600 to 3000. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah, it was, and we also did it on Instagram too. So Mm -hmm. that, that was great. Yeah. Anything like, uh, like for first, for like Instagram short tiles, right. That have like six ways to play on it, for example. Right. Or, uh, three ways to do something with your family. And, And I know for, uh, um, like we've, we've written blogs and stuff for, for pediatrics before, and just some simple things that you could take from that and, and then further promote on social or even on your website, right. Is, um, uh, like how to travel with special needs children yeah, right? or how to yeah. go to dinner. Right. Or like all these things that people face in their normal life and they're looking for tips or suggestions. If that's up on your blog and your website, that actually gets picked up by, Google and guess what people are actually like typing out there. They're not typing like, Hey, where's my nearest occupational therapist. They're typing like, I have a special needs child. What do I need to do? We're going out for, you know, a, a special event or a wedding or something like that. And how, yeah. how do how can I, how can I make that go right? Yeah. So all kinds of ideas like that. You know? And taking, you know, material that you already have and making it a blog post and making mm-hmm. sure that you're cross posting it, putting it on your, your newsletter, it's bringing more traffic to your website. And I've learned from practice promotions that that kind of helps with your, if you have an active blog Mm -hmm. that helps with your search engine optimization. Um, also videos, uh, we did a little bit with TikTok. That's kind of challenging for me because that's, you know, for a younger, younger generation. Um, we, we made a YouTube channel. So really trying to kind of take material we already have without reinventing the wheel, um, and, and put those things on, on the blog and social media. I love that you're looking at so many different ways, right. And that's today's world. People are just digesting information on so many different channels. Everybody's spread out everywhere. So, you do have to have a, a wide uh, reach, right? So we've got people who are looking directly for information. That's your search, your Google search and paid advertising. And then obviously they're getting 
to a website in some some fashion. Uh, and then you've got your social media, which is more of kind of really connecting and networking PR with people. Um, but I think you do a wonderful job that are really trying to like look at different people you're trying to talk to. And, and we have to be cognizant of where we're spending our time, right? Because we don't have infinite time in our practice to market, right? And we may be doing it all ourselves or we may have a marketer in the clinic. Um, you're certainly as an owner involved in that. Uh, and uh, we might want to go for the latest, greatest thing like TikTok, right? So let's do something on TikTok, right? We're going to get a lot of new patients from it. Well, if your patients tend to be middle-aged or older, you're going to not get much exposure to that crowd on TikTok, right? That's a, a lot, lot younger crowd, right? And if you have a lot of like young families, right, they might be more, maybe a little bit on TikTok. Um, they might be more on Instagram and, a little, mm-hmm. and Facebook, right? So it's really where are you going to spend your time and effort to get the most, you know, reach and networking and start to connect with people? Yeah, I will say we put a lot of effort into the social media, but what we have found is new patients are not necessarily finding us there. It's really more Google. It's really more related to the Google ads, um, the website, things like that. The social media where that has been helpful is with recruiting because when we have therapists that are looking for a job and apply, the first thing they're going to do is check out our social. Um, and we've gotten a lot of comments about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's just as important because that, you know, that's the backbone of your company. So you want to attract those people, um, that are looking to see what you're doing. It kind of gives them a glimpse to your culture. Um, and then also the website, the website, that's, that's a selling point when they see a nice website, when they see pictures, mm-hmm. um, more, yeah, I know that's more, a, more of an impression, huge issue, right. For everybody right now, we're all, we're all hiring. Right? Um, and we know how challenging that could be. Oh gosh. Even before the pandemic, it was a real challenge to get therapists, uh, uh, on board. And, and so you, you again, have to tell the story of what it's like to work there. Right. And um, your website, your website is really uh, your storefront, right? It's your online storefront. It's how people will view you get a lot more information on that. They're going to look at like, okay, what does this overall look like for a patient? But then certainly if you have a good careers page on there too, and you can show the fun activities that you're doing, the, the, the growth, the training, the things that you're doing in the clinic, they can get more information that's pertinent to like what that culture is going to be like in your clinic. Uh, and that can really sell the job. And then you brought up a wonderful point there in that social media, they're also checking you out there, right. And seeing if you have followers, if people are posting things, what does your, you know, um, your branding look like right on those pages. They, they take that all into account for sure when they're before they even apply. Right. So yep. if you want to get more people applying, then you definitely have to spend some time on your online brand presence. Right. So, you know, being an occupational therapist, right. And you told me before that it's a little harder to explain or, or, you know, uh, get uh, uh, parents to, to kind of, buy into or almost say buy into maybe just understand it more right so in, in in marketing an occupational therapy practice in the pediatric what are some of the things in your experience that are kind of unique or things to, to help with promoting occupational therapy within the pediatric clinic um i would say uh really focusing on activities of daily living those like functional living skills that everyone needs to do um, shoe tying, eating, you know, getting dressed, things like that. Um, that helps people immediately understand and and appreciate more of what we do. Um, and it's using the word mm, occupation is tricky Mm -hmm. because people think occupation is a job. Um, getting people to understand, understand it's how you occupy your time and maybe replacing the word occupation with function. Um, yeah. So kind of trying to, to really focus on things that are meaningful to people Mm -hmm. because everybody's doing them. 
all day long. Functional therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Like that's a great idea. Yeah. And that's, that's a great point that you brought up there too, that uh, it's, I, and this is probably never just like on the minds of, of parents and that too, but like things that we just do right every day we take for granted. Right. And we, yep. and, and we, it takes us to go, Oh yeah. Well, I mean, my kid does have challenges with these things. Right. And uh, um, how, how do I teach them that? Right. Or how do we improve that? And, and that's where they then realize like, Oh, there's a person here that can help them develop those skills. Right. And get that, uh, learn those things. Right. So, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a, a difference. Right. But often it comes back to just people understanding that th- we help you do the things that, that, are, that you take for granted. Right. Yeah. And when, one thing that sometimes happens uh, more often than not is as parents get to know what OT is and appreciate it, they mm-hmm. realize how wide, you know, our, repertoire is, you know, Mm -hmm. especially from like vision and cognition, um, all the way to play and social skills. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they learn more and then they start diagnosing themselves or (laughs) thinking, thinking back to their own childhood, things that they may have struggled with. Um, yeah, like I really don't want my child to have to have this challenge. I want life to be easier for my child. Um, mm-hmm. this is, this is really important. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit here about your online presence. I think you've done an amazing job here and your, your fun brand, right? Can you tell us a little bit about kind of the inspiration around all your brand and like your colors yeah. and things that you kind of went with there? Yeah. I mean, it, it all started, like 15 years ago with just the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. And I had my husband's friend who was a graphic designer um, draw this image of the Capitol building, kind of a little whimsical and have the little stick figures of the kids climbing the dome. Mm-hmm. And over time, the black and white image turned more colorful. The kids mm-hmm became, you know, rainbow color. And then about four or five years ago, we decided to kind of shake things up and make the Capitol building more of like a shaded silhouette, Mm kind of up, you know, gave it a little bit of a more current facelift. And we made the little stick figure children silhouettes of kids doing different, you know, activities in daily life. So the silhouettes, you know, there's a child in a wheelchair, there's a child flying a kite, there's a child riding a bike, there's someone, Mm -hmm. you know, a child throwing a ball. So um, the silhouettes, you know, they developed, they kind of speak more to the clients that we're trying to attract, Mm -hmm. and also um, kind of integrating the areas or the skills that we're working on. You know, being a kid. And then the colors really are key um, that the logo, the branding is continued through the rest of the website. Yeah. So, you know, the different pages, things that you're clicking on are those primary colors. Um, Another thing is the font. The font's a little whimsical. It's in a previous version of the website, it kind of looked like crayon, um, but it, it's evolved. Um, yeah, so I yeah. think it's wonderful. And, and uh, so, so, uh, and again, you're, you're speaking to the right audience here, right? And in this case, we're talking children, right? And, and parents want to go and children want to go to a place, right? Where they, they see it's going to be fun, right? Uh, and how do we play on that and with our online brand, right? And we do that with the right kind of colors in there. And so if you haven't had a chance, go to skillsonthehill.com. It's a wonderful website. Lots of fun, very colorful. And you're talking with the font, right? Having some fun with the font, right? Kind of being like children's writing in a way, right? Make it easy. Um, and it just feels very fluid, right? You, you get the professionalism from it, but then you also get the fun out of it right so you're really speaking and and keeping that attention from the people 
uh, that are that are on your website, and and then obviously this carries out through everything. And um, so one one thing for our audience here to kind of realize is that your your online brand is how other people think about you, right? So we often sometimes think of just our logo being our brand, or sometimes maybe our colors, but really the brand is how people are thinking about us. So it's that it's almost that feeling that you get right when you see something of, of that business online. So when you see their Facebook page, for example, like is that consistent with the look and the feel of what their website looks like? Um, the, that whole, you know, and you got things that help you get there, right? Which is colors and imagery and layout and font um, that, that's there to create the emotion, right? You know, whether you're building trust, fun, you know, professionalism, like whatever, whatever is your main brand, right? What you're trying to communicate there, that's all that comes in together. So I think you've done an amazing job with that, that play uh, aspect of it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the other thing is the mission. We, you really have to think about the words that you choose and who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So our mission is helping all children and families climb to their fullest potential. And that word climb mm. kind of goes back to the Capitol building when I had the kids climbing up the side. Um, mm. And we've even taken the branding and that mission and kind of created a campaign from within the office. Um, this, you know, we all, what, what is it? The campaign is called, um, I can do hard things. And so, so that's been really fun too, but, you know, making that mission really obvious and pronounced on the, yeah. the website and making it kind of short and oh, catchy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that can be key too. And, and, you know, all throughout this conversation we've been having today, we're talking about parents, mm-hmm. it's not just about the kids, it's the families, the parents. Right. Yeah, you're so right there. And I, I love your philosophy, what you've done there. And, and I think, again, this is for everyone out there um, thinking about how you're stating things, right? So in your mission statement, right? And mission statement should never be a big drawn out thing that's totally boring, right? No one's ever going to read or remember. It has to be short. Uh, what, you know, right in front of your audience as well as within your, you know, your practice. Um, but client, like the you know, that one, those one words can make such a huge difference. Isn't that funny? Right? Like, so the word climb, uh, you're, you're in just that one word, right? You're talking about that person's own ability to change, right? To climb, to reach their own goals. So it's not necessarily like, like what we're going to do for you. It's helping you get where you want to go. Right. right? And, I, and then using the words I and, and, and you and your and those kind of, you know, words are really powerful because it is always about the customer. It's always about the parent, the family, helping them where they're going to get going. They can, you know, instantly connect with you about that. So that's always something for, for you in our audience, like just think about, look, look back at your own marketing, right? look at back at your mission statement, your, your catchphrase, whatever you have going on there. And is it personal to the audience that you're working with? Right. And, and can they, is it about them reaching their goals? Not just about what you can do for them. Right. I love it. Um, all right. And, and so just, uh, you know, we, we've obviously had a, a, a great pleasure of uh, being able to work with you. Uh, and so working with practice promotion, what's it, what's it been like for you? It, it's been great. Um, it's kind of opened up my eyes and made me appreciate that you all are, you know, specialists and um, what we were doing before. It, it wasn't necessarily a waste of money, but it just, you can't rely on jack of all trades, master of none. And you guys are the master of, of this. And we've seen results immediately. Um, we, we struggled for a while with uh, search engine optimization because 
once you change your website, like if you go between WordPress and Wix or whatever, rebuilding, you start at the bottom. Mm-hmm. You have SEO kind of just gets smashed and um, you all have really helped. You've helped that on the back end. Fantastic. Yeah, it's about, it's really just about helping you get in front of the right amount of people, right? And there's yeah. tons of people looking for help out there, right? Definitely. And it's just a matter, you know, you got to be able to rise to the top. And there's there's a lot of things on the back end that help you get there um, and also connecting the right messaging to that. So, um, and it works fantastic when you have an amazing practice uh, to work with uh, that does wonderful things for people and get great results. So that makes our job a lot easier to help you out. <laughs> so Kristen, any final thoughts here for our audience? Um, I would just say like Google Google is so, so important. Um, getting those visits to your website, so, so important. Um, I love how with practice promotions, um, you all have kind of creatively used the Google ads to also support kind of coming at it from two angles, like organic and then getting, getting those ads in front of people. Um, we have quarterly calls with your team and then I get like, you know, monthly, monthly reports. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how it's a video and I can just play it whenever I need to. Um, but it's working. The, the numbers don't lie. Uh, the, the stats are increasing very dramatically and, um, The other thing is just your team has been great to work with. And I know that if I need something or have a question, they respond very quickly. Um, We've had to kind of be creative, especially because we're a pediatric practice and we have three practices or excuse me, three service areas. And they've been happy to think outside the box with me Mm -hmm. and change, change things up a little. If something's not working, change it. If it's not looking appealing to the eye, we change it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's been a, a wonderful journey so far and I'm, I'm looking forward to pushing forward and use really utilizing more of the tools that practice promotions has to offer. Like we're using the campaign monitor. I know you all are about to roll out a mm-hmm. new platform that we can use for, you know, marketing and newsletters and um, things like that. So I, yeah. I really want to be able to sit down and have more time to invest in using all the tools that you all have. Fantastic. Love it, Kristen. Thank you so much. Love all your success and your advice there. Thank you so much for sharing that with our audience um, for any clinic in general, but especially for pediatric and OT clinics out there. Really appreciate your your guidance and knowledge there. So thank you so much. And uh, to our audience there, just wishing you much success and let's keep growing your practice. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to check out practicepromotions.net slash power. There, listeners can download over nine checklists and free resources made to coach you through simple, proven marketing actions to increase new patients. So check it out today. That's practicepromotions.net slash power. And I'll see you next time.